everyone. I'm Dr. Susie Green, founder and CEO of the Positivity Institute, and welcome to the Pioneers of Positive Education podcast series four, where I'll be chatting to those pioneers of positive education, those that have forged forward in their mission to create flourishing students, staff, and whole school communities. I'll be speaking to POSED pioneers from various schools around Australia over coming weeks to talk with them about their experiences and journeys in positive education. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm speaking with Michael Turner and Christy Smith from St. Benedict's Catholic College in Sydney, Australia. Michael is the Director of Wellbeing, as well as a member of the leadership team. He oversees all aspects of wellbeing at the college, including their Strive program, the coaches, the year coordinators, and leader of Positive Ed. He works closely with all relevant stakeholders, including the Director of Learning and Teaching, to ensure students are able to achieve at their best. Christy is the leader of Positive Education at St Benedict's, and her main role is to develop, promote, and implement a sustainable model of positive education through Strive. At St. Benedict's Catholic College, Strive is the name given to their wellbeing model. Well, welcome, Michael and Christy. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Susie. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Yeah, fabulous. So I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, what you've been doing at St. Benedict's Catholic College. But, Michael, perhaps you could start with telling us a little bit about the school itself. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. St. Benedict's, we're a year 7 to 12 um, co-ed school out southwestern Sydney at Oran Park, a developing school. This is our 11th year that we've been around. So year 7 to 10, we have about 180 students per year group. And then in 11 and 12, that drops down to about 120, 130. Really exciting um, new area. I started the school four years ago and around that time there was no houses. There was um, That's all the yeah. development and it's just starting to build into it, uh, that really vibrant self that it is. Yeah, really exciting area. And how many staff, Michael? We have about 100 staff. Yeah, there's about um, 70 teaching staff and 20 to 30 support staff. Fantastic. And uh, yes, we, we'd been talking about the opportunity that you have to be what's referred to as an activating hub of community wellbeing, which is what the South Australian government had created as part of their aspirational goal to become the wellbeing state of the world. And uh, it is aspirational, but I think uh, you've definitely got an opportunity to create that social and emotional contagion or ripple effect through your community. Yeah, definitely. And it's been a really good journey since I've been there. Christy's been at school longer than I have, but to see it from small school to big school and become a real integral part of the community, um, exciting, very exciting to be a part of. And now, Michael, whilst you're the Director of Wellbeing, Christy, you're the leader of positive education. And uh, how blessed, really, uh, for a school to have both of those roles. I haven't actually seen that, I don't think, before. So perhaps you could tell us, Christy, a little bit about your role and how you work with Michael. So definitely. Um, so as leader of positive education, my job is to develop and promote different programs in our positive education through our model known as Strive. So I support Michael and the year coordinators and our house coordinators because it's all built into our house system as well as all of our different um, activities that we do through our what used to be called our pastoral care model, but it's now called our strive model. Mm. So it's, yes, it's basically just embedding it into everything we do within the college. 
What a fantastic role that you have. Michael said that you've been there longer than him. You started at the very beginning of uh, POSED. Was that the same for you, Michael, or was Christy preceding you there? Christy was before me, but we've kind of been on this same POSED journey together. But yeah, Christy's been there a couple more years throughout our academic care program. Um, so she's she's our superstar, Christy. She's been able to um, model this new <laughs> wellbeing program about what was working, what wasn't. And um, yeah, we've been able to tailor it with uh, her experience. Well, I have a fabulous, colourful timeline in front of me right now. I'm not sure if you actually make that available to other schools or if it's on your website, but um, it's very impressive and it really articulates your journey, your POSED journey very, very clearly. And in fact, that's one of the recommendations that we make to schools when we're working with them is to, from the very beginning, ensure that you're tracking your progress. And also really important if you're going to take measurement because you can, if you do start at the beginning, which uh, as some of you may very well know, Geelong was one thing that Geelong always said they regretted was not doing measurement at the, the very baseline. But if you take that measurement and then you can track the different initiatives or your development over time and, and look at potentially and hopefully a positive impact on uh, not just wellbeing, but other factors uh, that you're interested in in tracking over time. But so Christy, so in 2018, it starts off here with attending a PISA conference. So was that the actual original motivation or where did the where did your original motivation come from? So my um, original one is when I got the opportunity to go to the Institute of Positive Education at Geelong Grammar with Michael and our principal at the time. Wow. And before I went, I didn't know a great deal about it. I've heard, I heard things, but it wasn't until that I got the opportunity to go to that um, professional development that I actually saw what it was all about and I could see the potential and how easily it would connect to what we're doing mm. as a college and the direction that we were going it was such a natural fit and mm. from that it just like sparked something that I was just like oh this is this is really interesting like and it's definitely been a journey since then and doing this roadmap and mapping it all out it was actually a really nice experience because you go through it and you go, oh, we've actually done a lot because you don't realise in the moment. <laughs> That's right. You've done a, a significant amount of work over those how many years? One, two, three, four, four, fifth or fourth year now? Yeah, fourth year. Yep. It's an incredible amount of work that's been done here. But I just want to acknowledge, take a moment to acknowledge the integral part or role that Geelong Grammar and, and particularly the Institute of Positive Education has played. They're friends of ours here at the Positivity Institute and we love the work that they have done and continue to do to build momentum and particularly around that educational role and uh, as educators themselves. Yeah, we were really lucky to do that. The, the development there and then go to the PISA conference and then um, linking in um, with you, Susie, and the Positivity Institute and the great help we got from Daniela and Kate throughout this process has really helped us know that we are on the right track. I think one of the my challenges is to, you know, you see the big picture and you want everyone to jump on board as soon <laughs> as possible and you, you see different ways of doing it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great help. And so the STRIVE framework was developed relatively early on as well. Christy, could you tell us a little bit about STRIVE? Yes. So STRIVE is our model that we use for our positive education. So it relates very closely to the PERMA model. So we have our model of our school, something to strive for and nothing to run from. Love it. So it was a natural fit. And um, STRIVE is actually an acronym for us. So it's for our spirituality, 
our true accomplishment, relationships, involvement, vitality, and emotions. So covering all those key areas that we want to try and build in our students and make them aware of. The spirituality component is a really important component for a lot of the schools that we work with as well. And uh, I know making those connections quite explicit can be really helpful for staff and for parents as well. Could you, perhaps Michael, could you talk to a little bit about those uh, spiritual connections? You know, when you talk about the POS Ed framework, it links so so well into the spirituality and especially the Catholic values. We're a Benedictine school. One of Benedict's chief rules is the, uh, you know, listen with the ear of your heart. So you're bringing student voice in, you're bringing spirituality to see the positivity that it can create. It's really powerful. It's at the core of everything that we do and we make sure that, that it's known. That's why it's our strive. Spirituality comes first. We link into the person that we are. And one of the great things about the school, why I love my job, especially at the school, is linking in our spirituality, our well-being, but with our learning. We've got a great director of teaching and learning and um, leader of pedagogy, and they've just developed a fantastic teaching and learning framework. But at the core of that is, you know, strive. And at the core of it is our is our common language of character strengths, which comes through so, so great in our religious education yes. program, our strive model, just everything. It's for, for it to be successful, we learned pretty early. One of the best things we did was go and visit other schools. And it just has to be everything. Like there has to be that consistent common language. So great support from the leadership team in embedding it throughout the entire school. But it starts being a Catholic school. It, it starts with our love of God and the spiritual connection that we can have. Yes, absolutely. And so, as you said, really building that that well-being literacy for staff and students. And what about parents? Has there been much involvement with the parents so far? So we have had a parent evening with Leah Waters where she spoke about that idea of that strength switch and switching the way that we look. And I think that was definitely a good starting point with our parents, hearing it from another parent perspective as well. So being able to see that connection between home and school. But for me, definitely, I've noticed our um, merit system relates to our character strengths. So it'll say today uh, a teacher has seen your child using spirituality or using courage. And in that, the language, even the way the parents, like I've had phone calls where they're going, oh, how did they use that today? Like, what did you guys do? <laughs> and it's made those conversations start to happen and build that partnership with parents to see that we're, we're trying to help their child for life. It's yes. not just you're trying to be good at English, math, science. It's that whole well-being of a person and the fact that they see it as we're taking notice. We, we care about what's going on in their lives and that's definitely been a great point in us bonding with our parents. That's so fabulous. And so what would someone coming to the school see that might alert them to the fact that it is a, a posed school or a school that is heavily drawing on the science of well-being? That's a good question. It's probably something that we challenge ourselves on right. with that as well, like as part of the journey. We, we pride ourselves, we have um, coaching conversations with our students Perfect. through Strive. So our Strive, the program, the teachers are known as Strive Coaches. We made that change for that you know, wellbeing literacy that you were talking about earlier. And our staff have done the training through you and, and with Kate on having coaching conversations with um, students because it can be difficult. We, we had an old academic care program that probably focused on the learning a little mm-hmm. bit too much, where now they're setting a learning goal and a wellbeing goal um, to try and bring it together. 
we're, we're not there yet and, and we have a, a long way to go, but it's the, the start and the conversations, I think, when we're reviewing, we're constantly reviewing. We have um, wellbeing groups in each year group, and I actually had a meeting today with some Year Ten students who were telling me how hopeless Strive is and how they don't like going to it. <laughs> um, so you love the feedback, absolutely. But we've seen it through lockdown. Yeah, we're, we're just fin- we're finishing mm. off this term, being a whole term, and Victoria went through it last year, and it's be- probably become more powerful throughout this lockdown because it's that connection. Uh, we-, we want all our students to be known, and that's what we say, and that's hopefully what parents would say that if you come, if you send your student to St. Benedict's, then they'll be known by at least one person. We did the social and emotional wellbeing survey and Ah, the data that came through that was saying that students at our school don't always feel comfortable talking to people at home, don't feel comfortable talking Mm -hmm. to teachers, definitely don't want to talk to their parents about stress or anything. You know, Southwest Sydney, we have a lot of parents that work in the city, so they're time Mm -hmm. poor. They don't always have the skills, um, as we always don't, to, to know what the best thing to say is. So to give um, students an outlet to talk, and hopefully that's what they see through the character strengths, through the positive language that we have, but they know that there's someone to talk to and they're not sure what to, where to go. And just while we're on the, the coaching conversation, so can you expand a little, I'm not sure if this is Christy or Michael, a little bit more about your uh, approach to coaching at the school? So it's definitely about building that relationship with students. So letting them feel that they're heard and validating them and acknowledging that there are factors going on in our lives that impact our learning and that's okay. Like it's not about putting those rose glasses on saying everything's perfect, everything's okay because there are times it's not. But it's building those strengths to be able to go, okay, I can't control everything, but what can I control? What can I work on? And how can I take initiative in my own life? And the students definitely, that's the change I've seen in them. And that attitude of they don't want to give up as easy. They want to work with you to be able to achieve their goals. But they're also opening up because of those relationships are there. Are the conversations with the teacher and the student or do they also have student-to-student coaching conversations? So at the moment, it's um, teacher-to-student and yes. sometimes that might be in a group setting, sometimes that's one-on-one. Yes. But um, definitely as we build on, that is definitely something to look at, like the idea of the students being able to help each other as well. Yeah, to co-coach each other. So I think what you're really um, highlighting here is what we call the micro skills of, of coaching or they also relate back to, to counselling really and to be a great coach, you really, you can't really be a great coach without having the foundation of these micro skills of listening and attending and reflecting back. And am I right then that the staff have many educators are naturals at that anyway, which is wonderful, but I guess the busyness and the time pressures can get in the way of really having the opportunity to have these conversations. So the strive, do we call it strive time, the time that you've actually created to provide some space to have these conversations. Is that correct? Yeah, we've been really lucky um, and had tremendous support from our principals. So Michael Henrady and now Kerry Piatek, who we've got 25 minutes every morning at the start of the day, which is our strive time. So there's uh, five, 10 minutes of admin, and then we have a second bell that rings to know that we're, we're now in strive time. And that's when those conversations are happening. So the, yeah, the coaching conversation is really powerful. I think one of the things I struggled most with with coaching and what we're working with our staff on is that whole staying quiet, as you were talking about. Yeah. Like we, we always <laughs> yeah. want to jump in, jump in and fix it. Yeah. So that's right. Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, which is something that we're building on and working on. But yeah, so we have 25 minutes each morning. We're, we're very lucky for that. 
That's fantastic. And is within that time, is there a mix of education around wellbeing science and the coaching or, and is, have you sort of a, over the seven to 12, there's a developing, I guess, curriculum of uh, building on earlier education around wellbeing science? How yeah, that's, that? where, that's where I'm really lucky to have the superstar, Christy. Um, right. That's what she, she's been embedding this year. So um, uh, about 18 months ago, we developed a scope and sequence to work, that's, to that's work what through. I, that's the words I was looking for, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've, um, we've got a scope and sequence from 7 to 12. It's probably the first year this year that we've really looked at right. it. Um, we changed our diaries to wellbeing journals, so we made a few changes. We probably tried to do too much, so we've got to yeah. pull back a little bit, but it's Christy's developed a whole heap of resources with our year coordinators. Our year coordinators are fantastic um, and really on board with this. And they do a lot of the resourcing as well. So it's kind of student-led learning so the teachers can be having um, their conversations. So if there's something that's quite relevant that comes up, there's some flexibility around the topic of, uh, I guess, the Strive conversations. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. each um, every second Tuesday, there's a year meeting where the year coordinator will run kind of a masterclass session on what they're going to be looking at over the next week and a bit. That's so fantastic. I mean, having seen this uh, delivered for over 10 years, that sounds to me like a a very efficient way and supportive way, uh, particularly when sometimes staff are mandated that they're delivering wellbeing classes. Um, It sounds like you've really got staff um, energised and engaged and supported, which I think is really important. Yeah, we've got the building blocks there. That's where it's exciting. We hope that it just continues from there. It's been a lot of work and we're not there yet. You know, there's some students don't see the benefit of it yet. You know, some staff struggle with those types of conversations as we all do, but it's the changing nature. I think what brought us to POSED was Christy and I having conversations. I was having conversations with the leadership team and the principals at the time. We we were reacting to everything. Mm, There's a lack of um, proactive wellbeing resources in schools, I think. Um, And it's just such a tremendous opportunity to get on the front foot and, and help these kids out. Yeah, and it's so good, isn't it, that that's being recognised in schools and increasingly in the workplace now is that um, it's really important that we have the school counsellor there for when kids need that or even external referrals, mental health referrals. And in the workplace, there's you know EAP. I'm assuming uh, staff have access to something similar to that. But yep. what we really yeah. need in combination with that is the wellbeing, proactive approach to wellbeing and also looking at this broader structure and policies and procedures because, as you know, uh, sometimes they can actively undermine wellbeing as well. So actually, I'm quite curious, do you think, would you say there has been anything that's been changed from that respect from the school since you've been along this journey that perhaps came came to mind that it wasn't, uh, it may have been undermining or it wasn't fully supportive wellbeing that you've been able to look at potentially changing? I think it's just the the language. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of students see is that, um, especially with the academic care model and, and goal setting through that, it was always, I want to get a B in English, I want to get an A in maths. So I think changing that language to how are we going to achieve that and, and how do we put, you know, kids aren't going to learn unless they're feeling okay or unless they have an avenue to feel mm-hmm. supported. So how can we support them through that process? But I think going back to you know, policies and procedures, one of, one of the biggest areas in our, um, we've just sat down to do our review and to set our goals for next year. And our main focus is a staff wellbeing framework Yes. because we're putting all of this effort into student wellbeing, but um, staff are struggling too. So how can we make sure that they're okay to deliver this and they've got their you know, self-efficacy about themselves too? 
Christy, what have been some of your greatest learnings that or some words of wisdom you could pass on to somebody perhaps at the beginning of their journey that's listening in today? I think take your time. Like Michael said earlier, I think there's been time periods where we're like we get really excited and pumped about it and we get to be carried away. It's just, yeah, taking your time and listening for feedback, listening to students, listening to your teachers in that sometimes we feel like it's a great pace. Those that are really energized and interested and others are like, oh, we need to slow down a little bit. So being open to all of that, I think is definitely an important thing in this journey. Oh, absolutely. And being prepared to adjust and uh, yeah, tweak it as you progress it and, and you learn. And what about for you, Michael? I think listening to all the staff, I think one of the best things we did was start a POSED committee from all levels of staff and school support staff to hear what people think. And then school visits, reach out, reach out and ask schools that have started the journey. I'm more than happy for anyone to reach out to Christy or myself um, and we, we share everything because we were so lucky. We went around and asked. There was about yeah. five or six schools and they were also welcoming, yeah. gave us access to all their, their models and, and their scope and sequences. The community really is fantastic. So the PISA conferences, everything that, that people recommend, go to network and because everyone is so helpful. Yeah, the generosity is wonderful, isn't it? It is. And uh, what about a story, Christy? Is there any stories that you might have to share, whether it's a staff member or a student or perhaps for yourself personally, that you've seen as a result of people coming along on this journey? Um, I can definitely talk for myself. Um, I had a, a tough year last year. I was diagnosed with cancer last year. And without knowing what I know about POSED, I don't think I would have been able to come out of it the other side the way I have. Mm-hmm. The way you can look at things and the perspective you can have on a really bad day, being able to go, okay, today was not fun. But what did I do? Oh, I just made sure I showed gratitude to the nurses when they were helping me or yeah. being able to see that hope because I can remember doing my character strength survey back at the beginning. Hope yes. was down the bottom. Right. And now it's one of my top ones. Oh, wow. So it shows like how much you pull on what you need. And it was a big opener, like especially because you hear about this, especially Jill and Grandma where it, it all started for me the learn, live, teach. That's it. That's, that's my life right now. Um, yes. When the kids talk to me about it, I'm like, well, and I use a lot of my life experience and the way I look at it is, yes, something bad happened to me, but look where we've got to, like look Amazing. where we've come to. And definitely it's just a whole new outlook on life for myself. What an amazing inspiration. And um when it did happen, did you have to work hard or did that sort of come to your mind fairly easily that there were things that you'd been teaching or learning and hadn't? In some ways, it is these experiences that these character building experiences, isn't it, that give us an opportunity to really see those strengths in action. But um, I'd be curious to know how that was for you. Um, At first, I was doing it on purpose. So when I would be having, okay, I'll be going to an appointment and I'll be like, okay, today my goal is I'm going to be curious. I'm going to ask the nurse as many questions as I can. And it would take my mind off it. And then it just started happening naturally. And um, even my family were like, like, I don't get why are you so okay (laughs) with it all? And I was like, well, I can't focus on what I can't control. Like that doesn't, it's not working for me. So I can control the questions I ask. And it gave me courage 
for those scary doctor's appointments when you think, oh, I don't want to ask that. Like they're going to think I'm silly. And I'm like, no, I can, I can do that and I'm going mm-hmm. to ask them. And then you end up feeling better. And I never realized that that would be the case. That's been my hope and dream. So it, it, it seriously brings tears to my eyes to, to hear that that has had such an impact for you um, because that's our hope, isn't it? That's our hope, particularly for the kids, because I never learn. I know you probably never learned these uh, skills oh, at school. Definitely not. And, you know, we've learned the hard way in many, in many ways. And look, we're not certainly saying that it's going to prevent every episode of mental illness that that would be wonderful if it did but why wouldn't you take these skills out to kids at an earlier age um, to hopefully buffer and that's some of the terms that are being used now particularly looking at positive psych research in a pandemic a couple of great papers I'm not sure if you've come across them yet but uh, this buffer bolstering and building Uh, so it's not just there for you know for feel good, it's actually there to help us through the tough times as well. And what a wonderful example, Christy. Thank you. It, it makes it worthwhile when you see like part of our system when when our staff have these conversations, they they log it into our system so all staff can read. Right. And we've just picked up some really good stories, especially in year 11 and 12, especially now, but during year 12 when they're struggling, that they'll have a strive conversation that will get logged and then the teachers will read that and understand what's happening behind the scenes. Um, and that's what we want. We want, our, we want our staff, we want our students to be known and that we want their, their story to be told and, and understood and it's happening. It's yeah. happening slowly, but it's happening. So it's very powerful and very rewarding when it does. And having that space, as you said, for those types of conversations, because uh, I don't know if you did hear only a few weeks ago, the Kids Helpline had the most amount of calls in its mm. history. Yeah. And I have spoken to many school leaders uh, over many years and uh, had that comment that we don't really have a space to have these meaningful conversations. So what what a wonderful uh, gift it is to for kids to have that opportunity and staff that have been trained and skilled and also see the value of it. So thank you so much um, for the wonderful work that you do and the inspiration that I know this podcast is going to bring to so many other schools. Just one final question. Is there any resource that you'd recommend, a book or a podcast for someone else along the journey? So for myself, it's definitely um, Leah Waters' book as a parent yep. that spoke to me a lot as a parent, but then I was like, as reading it as a teacher, it's like, oh, I could do that in my classroom. Yeah. And I, you can see that adapting, but definitely being open to other things that are out there. So it could be something that pops up on a Facebook feed or that sort of stuff. It's the stuff is out there. It's just up to you in the way that you open your mind up to it. Absolutely. And having staff that have um, been brought onto the same page in, in many ways, uh, you often do find that sharing, don't you, or people bringing in books <sighs> to share um, amongst staff and creating, a yeah, that ripple effect and that activating uh, hub of community wellbeing that we spoke about at the very beginning. That's right. So thank you so much to both of you and uh, best wishes for your continued journey. I I have heard a little rumour that we will see you at a PISA conference in uh in the future, perhaps not this next virtual one, but we will see you at hopefully an in-person one. And I, I know myself, I would love to come along and hear more about 
the wonderful work that you've done. So thank you so much. Thank you, Susie. If I can just um, say thanks to you and and to Kate and to Daniela for the the work Positivity Institute that just helping us through all the way. They've been great, especially for me when I would get negative and the coaching conversations (laughs) I had, getting me back on track and making me see the big picture. So thanks to everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Susie. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Pioneers of Positive Education podcast series four. If you're enjoying the series and you're a school leader who wants to take a strategic and sustainable approach to POSED, contact us at info at thepositivityinstitute.com.au to find out how we might work with you and your school. In the meantime, you might like to check out my new podcast, The Positivity Prescription, available on iTunes and Spotify. And don't forget to sign up for our free e-news at the Positivity Institute website, where you'll be kept in the loop for all things positive. Bye for now.